We walk by the word of God, not by the senses. So when my senses tell me and, and in the natural, it looks like I don't have any money in my account. That's real. It's fact. We don't deny what's in the sense realm, but we don't let that govern us. What am I talking about? I'm talking about being governed by sense, knowledge, evidence. That's an enemy to your faith. Don't be governed by your senses. Your senses tell you you're broke. The word of God says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. The word of God tells me the word of God is the evidence that I'm walking by. I'm walking by the word, not by my senses. The word of God tells me that Jesus became poor, that I through his poverty would become rich. That means have abundant provision and a full supply. Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm walking by. And that's what I'm speaking with my mouth and believing in my heart. That's the word of faith, which we preach. Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. Before we get going, I want to give you a praise report from my own personal life. I was uh, on vacation for my birthday. Actually, my birthday is not until this coming Saturday, but I celebrated early taking a trip to Dallas with Carla. She came later in the week. I left on Sunday. She joined me on Thursday. So as some of you may know, I am really into pickleball along with my wife, Carla. And so we were at a national pickleball tournament in Dallas. It's the biggest pickleball tournament in the country. So while I'm there, they were um, giving, giving away some items and uh, there were like thousands of people there throughout the week. Uh, amateurs and pros were playing. And um, we were watching an event. Actually, they said throughout the week, on and off, total crowd was about 10, 11,000. They're not all there at once, but that's a lot of people coming and going. So we were watching a match, and they have in the match, in some of these matches, like on the grandstand stadium, the, the big stadium, they would have these hype guys. And what these hype guys would do is they give away stuff, like hats and towels and water bottles, just Random stuff, T-shirts. And um, so they were giving away stuff, and people were hollering, trying to get the items, right, when the hype guys or the people who are handing out stuff were in the aisles. So while um, I was sitting on the end, I had actually left for a minute. Carla was up in the stands. We were with our friends uh, Jesse and Tanya, it was good to connect with them. Jesse and Tanya Jackson. Tanya used to work for me two different times in ministry. Uh, she was my first assistant way back in the day. I won't tell you how long ago that was. 
but uh, they live in Dallas, and she was uh, my administrator at her last stint with me. But anyway, we were connecting with them. Carla was, and they're into pickleball. So Carla was sitting with them. I had left for a minute. I came back just in time for them handing out stuff. So long story short, I have in my hand, for those of you that are listening to the audio, I have in my hand a Selkirk paddle, brand new. It's a Lux Control Air Epic. All right? This is uh, one of the items that they were handing out. And there was a kid handing this out, and he was coming up and down the aisle, and I was on the end. People were hollering, ah. And so uh, I got up, and I hollered too. And he, and he came right up to me and handed me this paddle. Okay? That is the favor of God. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason because the small stuff, and I've done some teaching on this in the past, God, the, the small stuff matters to God. Now, you might not care about this paddle, <laughs> but I do. And he'll give you stuff. Man, there's so many lessons in this. He'll give you what you need even if you know you don't need it yet. Okay, I didn't know. I needed this paddle and didn't even know it. Man, that's that's something I didn't even plan to say that, but that's something I just thought about. That's just powerful. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. But first, let me say, as soon as I was given this paddle, somebody offered me $100 for it on the spot. Now, I thought since they're giving it away, it must be a starter paddle, like an entry-level type paddle. And, um, yeah, a guy offered me $100 for it on the spot. And I'm like, nah. I mean, it wasn't even a consideration. And then I looked it up online and found out it was a hundred, excuse me, no, scratch that. It was a $250 paddle. Currently, if you look it up now, it's sold out. Last time I looked. And I wasn't even a Selkirk fan. But this paddle is a control paddle. And it, I didn't know it when it was handed to me, but God knew it. God knew that it fits the kind of game I play perfectly. It's exactly the kind of paddle that I needed. If I did some research and how I play, this would be the paddle that I would want. And it was just given to me. Now, don't tell me that's not the favor of God. That is the favor of God. And God, when you follow God and you trust him with your life, he's going to put you at the right place at the right time. Ooh-wee. I'm excited. And with that, let's get into the word. Okay. Praise God. Yes, God is so good. I am so thankful. I was thanking him today for doing that for me. And when God does those kind of things, it's beyond 
what you were given. It was, it's beyond this paddle. It's the fact that God cares even about the small stuff. And when he, when he does this type of thing, it's like he winks at you and tells you, I got you. I love you. I care about the things that you care about. Wow. Let's jump into the word. I'm teaching on the enemies of faith, and I'm tackling some major enemies to your faith, enemies to watch out for. Here's our foundation scripture. The first six words in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Wow. There is a lot in these six words. And let me give you a bit of review of what I've been talking about and what this series is all about. Fight. Okay, let me give you three things that these six words tell us. First of all, it tells us that we as believers, this is written to believers, it tells us that we are in a fight, number one. Number two, it tells us that we're in a good fight, which means that we win. It's not a good fight when you lose. So a good fight, what Paul is talking about here, the good fight is one that the outcome has already been determined, and the outcome is that you win. And you win not because of anything you do or we do, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Jesus whooped, not whipped, he whooped the devil on the cross. Yes, he destroyed principalities and powers, made an open show of them, made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. So we're in a faith fight. That's the type of fight. That's the third thing that these words tell us that it tells us the type of fight that we're in and it's a faith fight. Okay. So number one, what we're in is a fight as believers. Number two, it's a good fight that we win. Number three, the type of fight is a faith fight. What does that mean? It means that the enemy, the devil, our enemy, he's roaring around. First Peter, uh, First Peter tells us he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, all right? And so he's our enemy, and he's out to steal our faith away from us. If he can steal our faith away from us, he has us where he wants us. He has us in his hip pocket. But you, we are not going to let him do that to us, and we're going to beware of these enemies to our faith. He's trying to steal your faith. We're not to fight the devil, the fight that we're in. It's very important that you know that the fight that you are in is a faith fight. We're not fighting the devil. He's already already defeated. 
We are in a faith fight. So fight. I'm just fighting the devil. No, don't fight the devil. He's our enemy. But the fight is a faith fight. Okay? So we're dealing with enemies to our faith. Enemy number one that we dealt with is a lack of knowledge of God's word. A lack of knowledge of God's word. Enemy number two that I dealt with last week is a failure to act like God's word is true. A failure to act like God's word is true. Enemy number three I'm going to address today is being governed by sense, knowledge, evidence. Being governed by, being controlled by sense, knowledge, evidence. To paraphrase, to make it even simpler, being governed by your senses or being ruled by your senses, being dominated by your senses, walking by your senses, living your Christian life based on the way you feel. That's an enemy to our faith. So let's get into it. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at that. And verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things at the things which are not seen. Now stop right there. That makes no sense unless you understand faith. Okay? What if I said, hey, look at that thing over there which is not seen. The scripture tells us we don't look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. How do you look at some, something? Like if you got eyes, how can you see something that's not visible or not seen? Makes no natural sense, but it makes spiritual sense. Watch this. While we do not look at, at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay. So, things seen. We see seen one, two, three times in this verse. This is talking about your senses. It's not just talking about your eyesight. It's talking about what comes through your ear gate, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch, your five senses. We don't look at the things which are in the, or what we can see or perceive with our senses, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's go to, now we'll break this down later. We'll circle back to that. All right. But for now, I want you to understand that the word seen is talking about your senses. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 
the very next chapter. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight here has to do with the things seen. Okay? It's the same as uh, sight, seen, is talking about the same thing. Seen that we looked at in the previous verse. It's talking about the same thing as sight here. We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay. Hebrews, and we'll come back to this as well. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. This is the biblical, technical definition of faith. Okay? Doesn't get any better than this. What is faith? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay. Now, there's that word seen again, right? Seen, sight. Okay. It's talking about your senses. Let's look at this in the Amplified. I love, love, love this out of the Amplified. We're going to help your faith today. We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to show you exactly what that means because an enemy to your faith is being governed by your senses or what you see. Hebrews 11.1 1 from the Amplified. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. That's powerful. Faith being the proof. When you have faith, you got the proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So, see, we looked at the word seen, 2 Corinthians 4.18, all right? 2 Corinthians 5.7, we walk by faith, not by what? Sight. So we looked at seen, sight. Hebrews 11.1 one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Amplified reveals that the word seen has to do with the senses. Look at the last part of this verse. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Okay? So when you're walking by faith, you are not walking by the senses. In order to walk by faith, listen, you must leave the realm of the senses. Now, don't get me wrong. The senses are important. When you're crossing the street and you see the truck coming, you get out of the way. You wait till the truck passes before you cross the street. In the natural world that we live in, like that example, Use your senses. 
Believe what your eyes are telling you when that truck is coming. It's a real truck, all right? But, but when it comes to the things of God, you must leave the realm of the senses or you'll be in trouble and the enemy will steal your faith away from you, okay? So we walk by faith, not by the senses. But what does that really mean? Let's break it down even further. Oh, man, this gets fun. I love teaching this. It gets funner and funner. It gets gooder and gooder. It gets better and better because we're going to talk about what it actually means to walk by faith. What does that really mean on a day-to-day basis as I live out my Christian life, as I'm faced with circumstances, I'm faced with maybe you're having physical challenges in your body, maybe you're having financial challenges, whatever the case may be, maybe your children are out of control and you're believing for restoration for your family, um, having issues with your spouse, husband or wife, whatever the case, what does this actually mean in my everyday life? Okay, let's talk about it. What does it really mean to walk by faith? Let's go over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I'm going to take my time with this, and we won't finish it today, but we'll get, um, we'll cover some good ground. All right? Romans 10 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. What word? The word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you ever hear word of faith and somebody says, I'm I'm a word of faith person or I go to a word of faith church. All right. We're a word of faith and word of grace church at Summit Church, the church that I I pastor. We're word of faith and we're word of grace. (laughs) We're a grace church and we're a faith church. Praise God. And so uh, when you hear people talk about a word of faith church, it's talking about churches that believe the word and walk by faith and not by sight. See, And it tells us right here, we don't have to wonder what word of faith means. Okay? It tells us exactly what the word of faith is. What is it? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. In order for for faith to work, your faith must be in two places. In your mouth and in your heart. Okay, if we go down to verse 10, I don't have that reference up, but um, it says, with the heart, one believes, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it talks about the mouth and the heart in verse 8. It talks about the mouth and the heart in verse 10, let's look at those together. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, I don't have that reference up anyway. Let me try to quote it. <laughs> if you confess with your mouth, oh, that's right. Mouth and heart are in three consecutive verses, right? Back up to verse 8, the word is near you in your what? Mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Watch for the words mouth and heart. That if you, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For Verse 10, for with a heart one believes uh, unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So mouth and heart, the mouth and heart connection describes the word of faith, right? The word in your mouth, boy, the word is so close to you. And some people don't speak it out. They don't confess and quote scripture and speak the word over their life. Combine that with Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said that uh, whoever... It works for whoever. I like that. That doesn't exclude anybody. Right? Whosoever. You are whosoever. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Whoever shall what? Say, speak, your mouth, to this mountain, be removed and be cast in, into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but what believes, there's believing, that the things that he says, they're saying, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he what? Says. Oh, man, this is good stuff. I'm glad I came today. Woo-wee, you getting something out of this? So in order for the word to work, it must be in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. Now, and your, the word in your mouth and in your heart is the word of faith. Now, here's what I want you to see. The Word of God, let's look at this. these three words, Word of Faith. What does that mean? The Word of God is a faith-producing Word. It's the Word of Faith. Faith is built into the Word. Faith and the Word are synonymous terms. You can't have one without the other. It's kind of like the wet with the water. You don't ask the waiter when he comes to your table, hey, please bring me a glass of water with no ice. And, oh, by the way, make sure it's wet. That's crazy, right? Because wet is a characteristic of water. Wet comes along with the water. When you got the water, you got the wet, right? So it's like that with the word and faith. When you've got the word, you got faith. You can't have one without the other. The word and faith are synonymous terms. When the word is preached, faith comes right along with it. That's what it says in Romans 10, 17. Watch this. So faith 
comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, in the ESV, which is taken from one of the, um, taken from the most ancient Greek manuscripts, says the word of Christ. That word for Christ is Christos in the Greek, okay? Um, now, if you have a New King James, which is taken from a Greek manuscript that is not as old as the manuscript that the ESV is translated from, okay, it has the word of God, okay? But I like the ESV. It's taken from the uh, more uh, older or more ancient manuscript, Greek manuscript, and it uses the word Christos. Why is that important? Because the word of Christ, word of God, basically, generally speaking, is the same thing. But the word of Christ is more specific because you got to know what kind of word you're standing on. And in the first lesson, I talked about one of the enemies is a lack of knowledge of God's word, and I discussed the uh, lack of understanding of the difference of the covenants. And I'm not going to go back over that, but let me just say it here that we're not under the old covenant law. We're under grace. And that's so important to know. And if you didn't catch that first lesson on the enemies of faith, I encourage you to go back and listen to it or watch it. Because you got to know that we're not under the old covenant law. If you don't know that, you can take scriptures and try to apply it to your life that's not for you in this new covenant dispensation. In this new covenant, see, we need to read the Bible. Here it is. We need to read the Bible cross-eyed or through the lens of the finished work of the cross. All right? Another way I say it is read the Bible with sunglasses. <laughs> Okay, through the lens of his son, right? So it's all about the finished work of Jesus, the word of Christ. So, yes, read the Old Testament, but you've got to filter it through the lens of the cross, through the lens of the finished work, that faith fight that I referred to earlier that we win, we already won. It's because of Jesus. Jesus won the battle. And in, in um, the lesson I was talking about this, first or second lesson, um, I made reference to some scriptures that people try to apply to their lives that's not for them because they don't understand the covenants, okay? So 
you've got to make sure that you are hearing the right word, that you're applying the right word, okay? And um, we can use Old Testament scriptures, but you've got to make sure that it's filtered through the finished work of Jesus, all right? For example, you don't take scriptures that tell you that you have to do something in order to earn God's favor, his love, or his blessings. Okay. I use the example of Second Chronicles 7.14 that many Christians use today, but it's not for us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then, then, if you do those things, I'm going to hear from heaven, and then I'm going to uh, forgive their sin and heal their land. No, God's already forgiven us on the cross, so we just, just need to believe what Jesus did on the cross, and God hears us when we pray because the prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, and Jesus made us righteous not by our obedience, but by Jesus' obedience, by one man's obedience we were made righteous romans 5 tells us amen praise the praise the lord hallelujah glory to god so filter your bible reading through the lens of the cross all right so faith comes from hearing notice what it doesn't say it doesn't say faith comes by having heard sometimes people think they know the scripture just because they hear it one time and they don't have to go back to that scripture anymore. Well, I read that already. I heard pastor teaching on this already. Well, hear it again. Why? Because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing is in the continuous present tense. That means we need to hear the word, same word, over and over and over again. And each time you hear it, it builds you up. The word is able to do that. It's able to build you up and show you what your inheritance is. Praise God. And you will get something out of it even after you've read it several times. Praise God. Because the, the word of God is alive. The word of God is a living thing. Praise God. And the word of God is pregnant. It constantly gives birth to new facets of revelation. All right, so faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing in a continuous present tense. Got it? We need to keep hearing the word. Don't turn the word off. Well, oh, I heard that message before uh, and turn it off and then go watch CNN or something and think you don't need to hear it because you already heard it. No, because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Hearing how through the word of Christ through the lens of the cross. Praise God. Now, what I'm talking about is how to know. I haven't got to it yet. Stay tuned. We're almost done. But before we leave, I want to, want to let you know clearly how to know that you're walking by faith. How, how do we walk by faith? Let's revisit some scriptures, okay? But before we do that, 
let me take you back to Romans 10, 8, the word of faith, the word of God is a faith producing word. All right. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith and the word are synonymous terms. Faith comes from hearing. Faith doesn't exist by itself. It needs the word of God. When the word is preached, whenever the word is preached, faith comes. It's impossible for it not to. Whenever the word is preached, faith comes. Because faith and the word are synonymous terms. You can't have faith without having the word. You can't have the word without having faith. If you're taking notes, and I, and I encourage you to do so, write it down. Okay. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, with that in mind, we're going to paraphrase Hebrews 11.1 1, based on what we just learned, okay? Faith and the word are synonymous terms. So what I'm going to do, and this won't violate the scriptures at all, it's just going to bring clarity because I'm a teacher. I want to bring clarity. I'm anointed to teach this thing, all right? <laughs> okay. I'm going to substitute the word for faith here. Instead of saying faith, I'm going to substitute it with the word, specifically the word of Christ, because faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay? Now, I'm doing it for a reason, to show you what it means to walk by faith and, and see how this grabs you. Okay? Now, the word of Christ is the substance of things hoped for. The word of Christ is the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. Wow. So to say that faith is the substance of things hoped for, we can say, because the word and faith are what? Synonymous terms. We can say the word of Christ, the word is the substance. <laughs> the word is the substance of things hoped for. The word is the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. See, let me back up. So when the word is preached, what do you have when you have the word? You got faith. Okay, we covered that. But what else do you have? You have information. See, the word of Christ is the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Gospel of Christ, word of Christ, the same thing. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that what? Believes. Okay? Um, and the gospel, what is the gospel? It's good news. 
So when the word is preached, you have the gospel. And what's the gospel? It's news. Not just news, good news about the good fight. <laughs> Amen. It's good news. What do you have when you have news? Information, right? You have information. So when the gospel is preached, you've got good news, which is information. Information about what? Information about God. Information about the word of Christ. You've got information. And see, God is a spirit. Jesus and God, the Holy Spirit, live in the spirit realm. Angels, we're going to talk about that next week. Angels are in the spirit realm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when the word is preached, you got information about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and what is in the realm of the spirit. So the word gives us information about what's going on in the spirit world. Now, the word of Christ is the substance of things hoped for. The word of Christ is the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. How does this play out in everyday life? The word of Christ is my evidence. And based on the word of Christ, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So when I have symptoms in my body that don't line up with the Word of God, and my body tried to tell me I'm sick, and I, I hear a voice in my head that I'm sick or I'm going to die, well, I go to the Word of God, and the Word of God is my evidence of things that, my body can't perceive. My body feels sick, but but that's not my evidence that I have my healing. The evidence is I will live and not die. The evidence is 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I was healed. The evidence is Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. The evidence is he sent his word and healed me. The evidence is he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. The evidence is he's taken sickness out of the midst of me and the number of my days I shall not, I shall, I shall, I shall fulfill. Praise God. The evidence is with long life he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Let me close with this. I'm going to develop it further next week, but uh, man, I'm preaching myself happy here. Let's make our substitutions here that we talked about earlier. The word seen, sight, is talking about the senses, faith, and the word are synonymous terms. So let's read this with our substitutions. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that says we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's read it this way. For we walk by the word of Christ, not by the senses. Woo! We walk by the word of God not by the senses. So when my senses tell me and, and in the natural, it looks like I don't have any money in my account. That's real. 
It's fact. We don't deny what's in the sense realm, but we don't let that govern us. What am I talking about? I'm talking about being governed by sense, knowledge, evidence. That's an enemy to your faith. Don't be governed by your senses. Your senses tell you you're broke. The word of God says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. The word of God tells me the word of God is the evidence that I'm walking by. I'm walking by the word, not by my senses. The word of God tells me that Jesus became poor, that I through his poverty would become rich. That means have abundant provision and a full supply. Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm walking by. And that's what I'm speaking with my mouth and believing in my heart. That's the word of faith, which we preach. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ooh, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> oh, man, this is good stuff. Boy, praise God. Hallelujah. God's word is so, so good. Well, everybody, that's it for today. As I said, I'm going to develop this further next week, but that is it for today. Thanks for joining, and I am out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.